You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like the 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 one that you know, like uh, wrestled with uh, the Public Enemy mm-hmm. and uh, been on shows with uh, Sandman and, and several others, and they are. Over the top, to say the least. Now, Tommy, not on Tom, this flight. No, no, and, and I don't think Tom, I don't think Tommy Dreamer's ever been a real drink or drug. Oh guy. no, I Tommy Dreamer kinda, was well behaved on this flight. He's a wrestling nerd. It's and, tw- it's twenty years later where his wrestling nerd is getting him in and trouble. I, and I think it's the uh, I think it's Rob Van Dam's advantage that he's uh, he likes to consume THC, which you can't do on an airplane. And it's probably one of the reasons that he wasn't in the situation that some nah, of these other yeah. guys were. But at the time, during the Attitude Era... Well, I they, don't think he was smoking weed at that time in the Attitude Era well, he, because they, they would pop him for that shit. In fact, saw, they eventually did. Believe me, he was smoking the weed. Okay. But the point was is that you can't do all, that on a plane. Mm-hmm. And that was his drug of choice. And it's always been his drug of choice. And, and he loves his THC. Yeah. And so, but, you know, obviously, you know, and, and edibles weren't a big thing back then or no. anything like they are now. So you can't, you know. You, I'm sure he was ahead of his time, though. In I'm, doing sure edibles. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. But Rob Van Dam uh, is kind of a voice of reason in well, this documentary. Well, that's kind of the reason. I think he was probably moderately one of the probably more sober people on, mm-hmm. the, on the flight, you know, other than Jim Ross and maybe Terry Reynolds. And, and I think uh, I think Rob Van Dam has the best quote out of this documentary. You know, they say, never meet your heroes. Well, you definitely don't want to see one of your heroes in a robe doing helicopter dick, you know. No, like people and, need people and, don't need to see that, and and, and you got to understand that the boys did that. Like Flair did that kind of shit to get a pop out of the boys. Sure, and sure. I, and so I is it out? That, so is it out of the realm of possibility that that guy who's been partying for like forty years that doesn't mind taking off his robe, swinging his dick around, a guy who's been married numerous times, is a known womanizer? Is it out of the realm of possibility that, yeah, he grabbed the flight attendant's arm, okay, hand and so put it on his penis? Let me explain to you this. And, and, and you got to understand that the offense is in the eye of the beholder. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, however that woman feels, mm-hmm. however that situation made that woman feel, that is how, how the situation went. Because yeah. she's the one that got in an uncomfortable situation. Absolutely. So... Regardless of what I think maybe Ric Flair's uh, intentions were, yeah, it doesn't matter because really, honestly, it's 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 her what it's her. Uh, she has the responsibility of of telling everybody how she felt at that time. Oh, oh absolutely, and I'm so, not I'm not saying that Ric Flair should have any punishment today. He's an 80 year old man at this point, almost. Um, you know, he's never, he that old? No. he's pretty old. He's I'm old. not saying Let's, he's, just he's, say he's, old. he's, he's old. 70. He's, he's at old. least yeah, in he's his in 70s. 70s. So it's, it's Gotta not hope like, I'm, hope I make it to my 70s. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there on the debate 
on is it the truth? And I think it's the truth. I think because I think this is the same man who announced just one day, everybody remembers this, who announced one day that he slept with Halle Berry. He just put that out there randomly. Regardless of what Halle Berry could have felt about that, she made no comment, but that's who this man is. Well, I would, if I would have done it, I would have told too. I mean, yeah, but years, like decades later, apparently I it still would have told about it. In fact, in the early I'd be 90s. Telling, in fact but, that, that's the way I would start every fucking conversation, well, by the way. <laughs> Hi, you how know, you doing? I, Hi, how Chris you doing? Jeremy, I slept with Halle Berry. I'm Chris Jeremy, I slept with Halle Berry. How you doing? Yeah, Monsters Ball. Yeah, that was a that was a documentary <laughs> on me. No, but, but what I'm like saying ice cream. is like the, ice cream. the action fits the personality of the person okay, who did it. So here's the situation. I'm going to explain, everybody, and you listen. You guys got to understand that the people that listen to this podcast or anybody else. Who's in the world? You can't cancel me. You can't cancel somebody who hadn't made it. So that is true. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not rich. I'm not famous. You can't fucking. And we cancel don't. Me. We don't care. So at this can, point, the attention I, is welcome. Right. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> if you want to talk about me and try and cancel me, please do. Yeah. Any you talk good about me, talk bad about me. Just fucking talk about me. So. I think that I think Ric Flair was probably doing it for shock value. Sure. I don't think he was trying to assault the woman sure. or make her have sex with him or regardless. Regardless. I think you think he was taking a joke too far. I think he took the joke too far. Oh no, I'm the same way. And I think yeah. that he, he he got to the point he probably got a pop out of some of the boys. Yeah. And so when you get a pop out of some of the boys, it's you know, same thing with comedy, you know, sometimes you push it a little too far and you're like, Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have took maybe that I, last step. I was man, I was about to bring up nine eleven with a crowd like last week right. because they didn't like a new joke. It happens to me. Now here's my question. Do you think he should have gotten a pass back when it happened. Because he did get a pass because he was Ric Flair. You get Kurt Hennig fired. Scott Hall, I mean, at that point, he uh, was Scott just... needed to be he, he was being Scott Hall. So Scott we did, don't need to... We yeah, don't Scott need to, did the same thing. Scott, I mean, Scott, but... In fact, Scott's situation... Scott wasn't cognizant. The, yes, but that doesn't matter. No, no, no. But it, there's a big difference between him and Ric Flair's behavior in the fact that Scott wasn't cognizant. Scott's Scott reach, Hall was woken he up. ripped the woman's buttons on her shirt and tried to... And said he was going to lick her all over. But and, unlike Ric Flair, he didn't know where he was. He probably didn't even know he was Scott Hall yeah, well, at that point. And, and there were probably several years where Scott Hall didn't know he was Scott Hall. Absolutely. And and, and let me just say, uh, Scott Hall is, from from what I've read, all cases is, now. It's is sober, sober and now. And I'm, sure, well. and I'm sure when Scott Hall hears that story, I mean, I... I'm not a perfect person. When I was drunk, I, I didn't do any sexual questionable things, but I've made questionable comments right. when I was drunk. I've I've ruined friendships over my mouth and just fucking being an asshole. And that's something I live with yeah, and, and deal it's, with. It's cringeworthy. Like you, you, yeah, you think it's of some cre- of the things that you did and you're it, like, it'll oh, pop up kind of, in the middle of the day, oh, man. Oh, I know it. I know it's I, like, ah, I should have handled that situation yeah, better. I, I do it too. And that's, we torture ourselves over situations that we didn't handle well or maybe they were embarrassing. Or I'm not saying I'm not saying Scott Hall gets a pass today for everything that came out in that documentary, but I think 
what I think Scott Hall, uh, um, he doesn't get a pass, but it's kind of like in in the past as yeah, far as when somebody that's is, part of the out that's part of the substance abuse addiction. Yeah, when somebody is that's going where through these an stories addiction come. like that, I'll yeah. agree with you. Somebody's going through a horrible addiction. It's not a shock. It's not a shock, and it's it, once they clean themselves up, then you kind of have to let a lot of that stuff go. You can't forget it. But you have to forgive them for it. I've taken swings at people when I was really drunk. That's not good at your size, no, man. No, and that's not good at size. But Chris can tell you, knowing me for as long as you have at this point, that sober Dan would never take a swing no, at someone. Yeah. You know? So for Scott Hall to rip a girl's shirt, waking up, first of all, being waked up while you're being, according to Scott, woke up, H, woke up. Woke up according to Scott, H-bombed and fucked up. Scott has no memory or recollection of that, and it's it's not yeah, and something. He didn't make an appearance on this. No, he just basically kind it's of an did audio, a voice, a yeah. voiceover. Yeah, kind same of thing with Sean Waltman, but right. Rick Flair, cognizant, knowing what he's doing in your in he, your he state, did, taking a joke too far. Yeah, he, he did it to get a pop out of the boys, mm-hmm. and it made a woman uncomfortable. And well, let's, well, well, and let's, let's you say get a pop out of the boys. That's what he was looking. He wasn't but he's looking in to, the galley, and that looks that from from what I've seen out of galleys, it looks like a very private area, especially the size of it. As Rob Van Dam said, two people could barely fit inside of it. Sure, but the point was is that the boys are always boys are watching. Oh, I'm sure. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. Saying? No, the you're boys right. are watching. You're right. The boys are watching. They want to see the, you know, what what's Flair going to do next? Yeah, you yeah. Know? And 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 not to, to not to uh, not, not to uh, you know like give him a give Flair a pass on this. He shouldn't but, have gotten a pass that day. But he, now whatever. But you know, once again, you know, he's Brick Flair, and um, and they. They ended up settling this monetarily, mm-hmm. and you know, listen. There's a lot of things that some of the top boys end up doing that they get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, I've also seen, but on that point, on the monetary, uh, on the money settlement, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. And Tommy Dreamer even says it. Well, she shouldn't have taken the money. She should have went to the fullest extent of the law. You got to remember. And you got to watch it again. It's her husband that wants her to do this. It's her husband that didn't want this public. Let me explain to you. When it comes to situations like this, when it comes to situations with wealthy people and famous people that have unlimited amounts of money, that when it comes to your your best bet, honestly, is to settle it in, you know, as a as a monetary suit mm-hmm. because um you're going to spend a lot more money trying to take it to the well, fullest and, extent and of the law of, as, as an individual has got to hire their own lawyers mm-hmm. and the wwe has lawyers and they have endless amounts of money to hire the best lawyers now what's the first thing that they're going to do if this woman tries to uh kind of uh you know fight rick and get him charged for sexual harassment. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to look at her background. Yeah, they're going to tear her and they're apart. They're going to tear her apart. And honestly, all those guys on the documentary, 
that uh, that confirmed everything that happened. Just incredible, Rob Van Dam. Do you think back in 2002 or 2003 they're going to be in a court case saying everything they just said in the documentary? No, because no, no their careers are on the line. Sure, that's a, that's partially the reason I think they were so honest in this documentary. They wouldn't have the the if she would have gone after him to you know to, to I don't know making fighting for jail time or whatever regardless mm-hmm. um it, it wouldn't it just they wouldn't have she wouldn't have a chance mm-hmm. she wouldn't have a chance Your best I'm, I'm surprised just, like CM Punk uh, they filed a lawsuit on CM Punk and he ended up winning the case you know how fucking odd, like rare that is odd. it's just rare that's yeah. why it was such a celebratory thing yeah. when CM Punk won that lawsuit. Take that money and run. Yeah, go to AEW and make that well, a fucking just, competitor is I'm what just, you do. I'm just saying. Like, they should have Heidi Doyle on AEW. That would be a big fucking pop. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the, the, the <laughs> folks that were involved in this, and Jim Ross was. Poor, that poor fucking that poor guy. Bastard. I love Jim Ross because he is just so no, dead no, honest. I don't love him. Oh, because he never, whatever. You're you're doing but, your <laughs> your bitter shit. Uh, you know, I mean, what do you want me <laughs> to say? You're being petty. I mean, you know. You know, he never, he never signed. He never signed team, me. He never signed me, so and fuck then, him. And then he gets on, and then he got, gets on the air and used, uses the name Team Extreme for the Hardy Boys. Well, that you don't know if that was 100% Jim Ross. Well, it, The Hardys could have taken it, it from you. It came out of his fucking mouth. Well, the Hardys could have just taken that from you. They could have walked up to Jim and said, hey, we're Regardless, Team Extreme. it was the same time that we were trying. Never mind. We, never mind. That is just some bitter, petty shit. That, You're right. It's bitter, you know and petty. What? And, and, Let's... And, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet. And if could talk a little clearer. Uh, you, oh, God, now you're being mean. Look, look, I'm going to send out a personal invite to Jim Ross. Yes, please don't. No, I'm going to. Let's clear this up. Let's fucking clear it up. Listen, to be honest with you, Jim Ross doesn't know my name from Adam's house cat. Probably not, but... I'm going to I'm going to write him. He's wished me a happy birthday before on Twitter. I'm kind of in with him. Yeah, tell him to. <laughs> she wished me shut, happy shut birthday up, once. Whatever, man, I'm going to try to make it happen. I'm all about making like making over the top controversial episodes uh, and I want to know the story how the Hardys got y'all's name. He knows how it happened. He knows. Oh, God, look at you. I guarantee you. you. He knows how it happened. I mean, you know, it just doesn't. <laughs> fucking, we were there fucking a month before. I know. Let's, I'm going to get him on the show. Because one, I feel for Jim Ross, um, everything he had to deal with back in the day. And God, he looks miserable telling this story in, yeah, in this documentary. Yeah, he just wants to forget it. He says it he in just the documentary. Wants to forget he says, it. if I ever, if I never talk about the plane ride from hell again, I'll be happy. It was funny because after he said that, he was like, but that flight is where I thought of the name Team Extreme. And fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Dan. <laughs> look, man. Dan I'm not, finds it so funny, he's actually laughing off of mine. I Look, man. Look, is is it outside the realm of possibility that he took that, that he's the one that took that name from you guys? No, it's not outside the realm. But I don't think that's what happened. I think, honestly... Vice President of Talent Relations. Bro, you know what I think happened, honestly? I think the fucking Hardys stole it from you, man. Regardless. Because they worked with y'all before. It it didn't get over. What? It didn't get over because the fucking people knew... Anyway, yeah, you're right. Look at you. You're so fucking... 
<laughs> you don't even do it anymore. Later. You do comedy now. Right. Now, if they steal one of your fucking jokes. Now that's, dude, you want to see me piss. Bro, if Matt Hardy did a promo and dropped your closer, <laughs> holy shit, then we'd have something. Dude, do you know how pissed I would be if somebody stole my closer? You know how odd it would be for him to use your closer in a promo? Oh, I'd be fucked up. <laughs> I got damn stitches on Yeah, because this is the funniest thing we've ever brought up on the fucking podcast. I just, I've never seen him. I, like, you guys can't see his body language. But, like, as soon as we brought up Jim Ross, he just, just his, like, his, no. his whole body tensed Jim up. Ross is fine. This is just, like, all the memories you know, came tracing just back. Just because just, just he stabbed fucking Gary Hart in the back and then stabbed me in the back. That's fine. That's, That's fine. That's fine. whatever. That's fine. fine. You, you did, and Kit, you know, you're not fine. fucking, you're not Bruiser Brody. Chill the fuck out. You didn't get stabbed in a shower. Chill. Oh, that would have been such an easier way to go. That way. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have him on this podcast one day. And we're Bruiser gonna, Brody? No, no, Jim Ross. We're just gonna get that fucking cleared up. Right. If I can't get him, I'll get a Hardy. I don't give a shit. I want this brought back. Yeah. I want. You though, Kit will be unhinged. Oh, I, I have a feeling oh, Kit will just go oh, off. He'll be here. I want to have a professional episode. Yeah, we got to do it after Kit. Kit gets his hip replaced. <laughs> Kit, Kit will bring so a barbed he, wire bat. We so can fucking kick him in the balls. Kit's gonna bring a barbed wire bat to a Zoom interview. Uh, <laughs> so then, the aftermath of the plane ride from hell, as you, as we said earlier, there was a settlement. But uh, I like what she said. She said she doesn't like telling the story, but if it helps someone realize that they made someone uncomfortable or if someone else was put in her position, if it helps them, she'd tell it 25 more times. And Heidi Doyle, she seemed really genuine. Well, you got to think that was almost 20 years ago. It was almost 20 years ago. And uh, and our, and our society has made huge changes in 20 years. Yeah. You got to think of this, how the societal norms were from the 1950s to the 1970s. Oh, yeah. And then from the 1970s to the 1990s. Well, I just, I think about um, how my dad would, would present stuff. And he wasn't the best parent, but I can get an idea of the 60s and the 70s from the, quote, lessons my dad tried to teach me, which were horrible like i can look back on him now in my 30s fuck okay time to throw dad under the bus um when it came to like talking to girls here i'll make it simple nothing that's that's fucking because i don't talk to him did you fall from heaven women like jerks be mean to them Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's a good old joke. I'm glad you reminded me. That's one no, of the old jokes. Yeah. No, but the, okay. Yeah, women like assholes. Matt Hardy's going to use it. Um, no, but like, yeah, that's that's the thing. So, you know, when your dad tells you that and you, you know, you have no concept of reality yet because you're 12, right. you know, right. you're just going to start being a jerk to girls. All of a sudden, none of the girls talked to me or invited me to their birthday parties because I was a damn, I was a prick. I'd be mean to them, pull on their hair and shit, you right. know, at school. Not in a sexual nature or anything like yeah, that, yeah. but you know. Yeah, not in a good way. Throw water balloons at them, right. you know. Just, uh, 
I understand. Yes. So you have to understand like 20 years is a huge difference mm-hmm. in the way society views something than like I can, I can, you can't, I can't explain to you how different a locker room is from the, from 89 when I got in the business mm-hmm. to now. Yeah. Like it, it was a, it was a rowdy place. It was, everybody's was sticking their chests out and trying to fucking outdo the next guy. Yeah. You know, everybody was paranoid as fuck. Cause somebody, if somebody gets a fucking good spot or, you know, somebody, uh, the, something happens in the ring that wasn't supposed to happen. And somebody fucking steps over somebody else for a spot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's now he's the most popular guy. Yeah. Or somebody else starts to book and they want to push this guy instead of you. Yeah. It it was you know and I, I, fuck I don't know I don't know how those guys are you know feel about it now but you know it it is a much friendlier atmosphere than it was when I got in the business. Yeah. In the like. As a good-looking twenty-one-year-old kid, yeah, I think you know, you, I think I walk, you're being too too. I think you're being too gracious with yeah, yourself you saying "good-looking." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suck my medium-sized dick. Chill, chill, chill out. <laughs> chill out on the you medium. Know, <laughs> First, it's good-looking. Yeah, we're gonna go on the road. Then it's medium-sized yeah. dick. You just uh, chill just, out. I'm just sir. bragging. I know. <laughs> go ahead. But people were like, people didn't like you because you because maybe you might take their spot yeah you know and they wanted to fucking knock you down as low as you could possibly go to let you know who's the boss yeah and you know fucking it's just it's it's a it's a different time yeah well and, i mean i think what i think what's happened is the younger generation uh and jim ross said it the the new era saw what the old era did and was like, you know, I like that guy, but I'm not going to do everything that guy Well, did. and they would pick the guys that were good examples, like The Undertaker. John or, Cena uh, or, uh, is a, a good example now. You know, or, or you know, the, the top guys that didn't get out there and act a fool. Yeah. You know, and, and, and even in 93 or whenever this was, um, you know, Flair was already, you know, he'd been in the business since... The, the early you know swinging eight, his eight, dicks six, yeah. late sixties early seventies you know swinging that dick so he had you know he'd like it was he was still stuck in that old school fucking mentality you know yeah I also do anything you can to get the boys to pop I also think the 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 backstage culture has changed because of the lifestyle has led to early deaths. Uh, it does, you definitely, know. Definitely. I think that's one I think, thing. I think I think people nowadays are more responsible as far as the pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and it really looked down on. Like back in the eighties, nineties, um, that type of, um, you know, using a pharmaceutical, whether where, where drugs, whether it be prescribed or e- or illegal drugs, yeah, they it wasn't looked down at. You know, as that guy's a junkie. Yeah, it was looked at. Well, uh, well, that man. guy parties. Yeah, he plays yeah. a lot. What a party animal! Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. That's exactly right. And then the, also the recognition of this is a television show. Like what we're doing is a television show. Right. And the professionalism has to come into play. You know. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely. 
Does it matter? <laughs> no, we were does, it, does it matter? Like today, does it matter that I have the top spot? No. Does it matter that I just have a spot? Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Because, right. you know, like you'll watch, oh, I don't know, like Grey's Anatomy. Do you think anybody at Grey's Anatomy is just like, oh, I got to be the fucking star of this? Besides Katherine Heigl, she was thrown off the show for that shit. But <laughs> do you think anybody was just on ER like there are, there are no no small roles only small actors exactly no one no one in ER was trying to take Anthony Edwards spot no one uh, in, on Law and Order SVU was trying to take Mariska Hargay's spot it's just, it's just a fucking television show I don't know any of those people God I'm trying to okay fucking what show Sons of Anarchy Chris there we go Big Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Do you think anybody on the Dick Van Dyke show? Oh, do you Rob. think? Do you think Mary Tyler Moore was like, man, I gotta take Dick Van Dyke's spot? Mm-hmm. Fuck no. It was a television show, and I think that's I what we're going. What yeah, You're right. It's like whatever's best for the show, and you know, it happened in comedy back in the day. The fucking opener was trying to be better than the feature, and the feature's trying to be better than well, the headliner. And you, you've heard stories in the '80s of how you know what a fucking ass Sam Kennison could be, yeah. and you know how he was constantly intimidating other comics. And so, I think it's just the culture. The culture changes, and you know, hopefully, we stay a fucking decent society and things continue to improve and mm-hmm. you know and I we don't have to eventually go fucking feral and hunt for our food and shit well for for show business though the the whatever show you're in the most important thing is the quality of the show yeah we're back in wrestling and comedy back then everyone's trying to take the spot yeah everybody you know? was trying to get that that top spot so you can make the most money because a wrestling career didn't last very long exactly and i think the and i think looking back on it the plane ride from hell was probably i mean a well yeah I'd say the plane ride from hell was pretty much the the closing of the door of that was, culture. I think it was the it was the uh, I think it was the beginning of the end of that era. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of hey, maybe we need to keep an eye on these guys and and be a little bit more. We you need know, to expect, shut this shit down more. Uh, we need to expect more out of these exactly. athletes. Yeah, because you know that shit. You know, you don't hear those type of stories really in the NFL or I mean yeah back in the 70s you did but yeah but you know I mean well now if, if it does happen in the NFL no and guys now people get punished well and they're you know they're 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 you know morality contracts yeah and uh, what's expected out of you to being part of uh you know our you know our company and our football club and mm-hmm. so on and so forth but what is that rubbing noise? That might be my belly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jim Ross, come take that from him. Please. Yeah, would you? Will you? Because I can't edit your, the sound of your belly rubbing up against the wood. Sounding like a dying swan. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> but no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and in the NFL now, you know, they're... They're getting on people getting vaccinated. Same thing in the NBA. Uh, the vaccinations become. I'm. We're gonna have to wear a mask. I had to show proof of vaccination to work this weekend at the SM, which I thought was funny because it was just like you guys remember I'm high risk. Oh yeah, no, I didn't get vaccinated. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, plane ride from hell, and then. The Ric Flair is also in trouble because of the Chris Canyon Dark Side of the Ring documentary. I, that, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, apparently, Ric Flair was one of the people that threw Chris Canyon under the bus 
and had him fired from homosexual. No, just being a piece of shit. No, just in 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 Ric Flair's eyes and the creatives' eyes, uh, Chris Canyon wasn't. Uh, talented, which is terrible because I I always felt Chris Canyon was one of the best sure. workers well, in the business. We'll, maybe we'll take a look at that and talk about that next week. Maybe I don't know. I kind of don't want to watch these Dark Side of the Ring documentaries because it's Get making a little dark. It's making me frown on my fucking heroes now. <laughs> it seems like every episode is just something. Right. What did Flair do this time? <laughs> oh, I have stories. That's why I'm going to be calling these 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 episodes uh, State Flare. One, because the State Fair of Texas just started, and two, I'm clever. That's <laughs> all these episodes are going to be mostly about Ric Flair fucking up. Ugh. But it has. Um, I feel I feel like uh, this documentary did derail an AEW debut uh, for Ric Flair because he is a free agent now. He showed up on the NWA 75th anniversary right. show. Right. Uh, they kind of opened the door in AEW for him to come in and be his future son-in-law's manager, Andrade El Idolo. Um, but now it just, it, I don't know, it just seems... And, of course, he's on fucking social media saying that, that you know, I've been doing... Didn't sh- do it. I've been doing this shit for 60 years. You've never seen any... Or 40 years. You've never seen any reports of me forcing myself upon anybody. Well, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. That just means you've been a very powerful man in wrestling. Well, once again, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. We'll have to see how it plays out, but the person getting the worst punishment out of all of this is Tommy Dreamer. He's been removed from Impact Wrestling tapings. He's had to come out and publicly apologize. And, you know, Chris, uh, you don't have a dog in the fight, but you even sat there and went, Tommy, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. um, Now's not the time to stick a fucking... I I don't think it's what he said. I think it's just how he said it. How he said it. It came off very uh, just not unsympathetic and... Very flippant and, mm -hmm. you know, that woman's full of shit kind of... Yeah, yeah. Tommy just... Shut the fuck up and oh, cut well. your fucking ponytails. You're right. Your ponytails are offensive. Yeah, your hair is offensive. Son. Jesus, buddy. I have a ponytail. I'd never rock a double ponytail. You're 50 years old. Quit doing that. You're 50, you're 50 years old. Stop it. You're 50 years old. Just, just fucking be happy with the hair you have. You don't have to, like, fucking yeah. go crazy with it. Be all fucking modern and shit. It's just, you know. Freaky and... Anyway, is he still married to um, Don? I have no Don, idea who he's married to. I I feel like he's married to Don Marie, but I could be wrong about that. I feel like it. No, he's not. Is he? I don't know. I want to. I don't know. But anyway, that is. I gonna, barely know who I'm married to. Man, I got reminded the other day. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's her. Okay, yeah, I'm with that one. Gotcha. Um, that concludes another episode. Of the Counting Lights podcast. Come see us in Houston. Come see us in Houston. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Counting underscore Lights. Follow us on follow, like and follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Counting Lights Podcast. And send us an email at Counting Lights Podcast at gmail.com. This is the Counting Lights Podcast. He's Chris Germany. That's Dan Danzy. And this is the Counting Lights Podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up.